everything is going to be okay. <laughs> no matter what, everything is going to be okay. Emily Abadi here. You are listening to episode 167 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I sit down with inspiring individuals to talk about their big wins, tough moments, and everything in between. On the show, you can expect vulnerability, motivation, and candid discussions with everyone from top athletes and CEOs to aspiring entrepreneurs on what it really takes to follow your passions. My mission is simple, to inspire you to be your best self, move with intention, and have some fun along the way. Today, I am chatting with Katrina Scott. She is the co-founder of Tone It Up, the host of the new Live Beautifully podcast, and someone I've been looking forward to chatting with for a long, long time. A shout out to my girl who recently walked the runway at Miami Swim Week over the weekend with her Sports Illustrated swimsuit family. So hyped for you. And again, I was just so excited to have the opportunity to sit down finally and chat with Katrina for the show. In today's episode, Katrina unpacks her backstory. We talk about how she got started in health and fitness, the gutsy way she met her co-founder, Karina Dawn, and how the brand really came to be. I asked her if she expected Tone It Up to become what it has today, offering everything from workouts, of course, to a plant-based nutrition line featuring collagen and gummies and protein powders and so much more. And her answer may just surprise you. She also gives us the lowdown on her new 640 program. And then we get a little personal and she opens up about her fertility struggles, her IVF journey, and what she hopes will come from her getting vulnerable and sharing the difficulties that have come hand in hand with hoping to have a second child. I love Katrina's attitude. I had a blast talking to her and I'm really excited to bring her story to the feed. Before we get into it today, I would be remiss if I didn't talk up the journaling challenge, another journal conquered. It kick starts today and I would love, love, love to have you in on it with us. We've got more than 100 hurdlers signed up and basically the gist three journal prompts a week in your email for the next month. At the end of it, we will be getting together on a Zoom call to talk about what it is that we've learned and come together as a community supporting each other in working to establish this fun habit. Those registered for the journaling challenge will also receive an exclusive Baron Fig discount for 25% off. They make some adorable journals, one that I use literally every single morning. I love the way they feel. They lay flat, they're cloth bound and look super sleek. So trust me, you want to get in on this. If you haven't done so yet this week, do me a solid and share the podcast with a friend. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm talking to Katrina Scott. She is the co-founder of Tone It Up. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She's a Forbes-featured entrepreneur, a mom. The accolades, they're just raining down. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm so good. We were wrapping off the record about your newest venture, or at least one of them, becoming a podcaster. How's that been for you? (laughs) It's hilarious. And so hard. <laughs> it's like harder than than and than anything I've ever done. And I didn't know that it would be that difficult. So I have so much respect for you and all these like podcast hosts out there. And last night I was thinking, I was like, okay, let me let me figure out how I can do like maybe just two a month for season two. And then I asked you how many you do, and you're like, I do three a week. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But I mean, as I let us off here, you wear so many hats. So just the fact that you're getting into this arena is going to help the people that you're already helping in such a different and fun way. And I loved, I listened to some of your episodes. The podcast is called Live Beautifully. And I love that on one of the lead episodes, you talk about stumbling into this name, so to speak, and how it came to you so organically, like an aha moment. Talk to me about that. So... 
this is something that I think we all not struggle with, but discover as, you know, for example, like when you are in high school and then maybe you go to college or your first job and you go through relationships and maybe you become a mom and that's your identity, right? And so when you're, when you have different career things that you do, and for me, of course, my, one of my first companies that I started was Tone It Up. I had started a couple other things before that, you know, you wrap your identity around it so much. And so when I was starting something new, you literally sit back and you go, who am I? <laughs> and it's the same thing. As soon as I had a newborn and I was pushing a stroller down the street with a baby, I'm like, who am I? We go through so many things in our life that we discover our new identity. And so for me, I was trying to think about something that could help serve other women and something that is my purpose and my passion. So beyond fitness and beyond doing squats and doing all those things to tone it up, I was like, what can I offer uh, to women? And that's to live beautifully. And ever since I was young, I whether it's helping someone go to prom or their first date or getting them ready for their first job interview or printing out their resume and helping them feel beautiful for that day and prepping them with questions and making them feel confident, whatever that was, it was living beautifully, working beautifully, um, being a mom beautifully. And so, uh, it just, it, it was actually Brian who, who we were walking on the boardwalk on the beach. And he said, you want to help women live beautifully in all avenues of their life. And I started crying. I was like, I, that is what I love. So, um, and even I, little things like helping women do their hair or their makeup or journaling or something that's more internal too. So it was, it was great. And it's my blog also. And then it's where I do, you know, home blogging and personal journaling and things like that. So I'm really excited and thanks for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> you got the plug. You got the plug. What has been the hardest part of becoming a podcaster so far? <laughs> the organization, like media organization. I'm not an, like I am the storybook uh, creative. I am just this, I'm chaotic, but it's organized in my head. But you can't be that way when you're doing a podcast or something that requires files. <laughs> so, so I would record an episode with like the most amazing person in the world. And then like two weeks later, be like, oh, where is that file? Or where's that memory card? Or I've lost so many files where thank goodness I had them do like a backup voice memo, which I'm doing for you right now, because I'm in a total <laughs> panic that what I do for others, I'll like forget. So that has been something that's been a struggle because with a podcast, you have to be so organized with all the files, the technology behind it, the sound. I didn't know that I had to become like a sound tech. <laughs> I, you know, I thought that it would just be something that you can speak into a microphone and that's it. I'm so used to the video side and being able to talk on camera that I didn't know that it was, it's so much more intimate. You know, you're in someone's ear when they're out for a run, they're in their car on their commute, they're folding laundry at home, or maybe they're um, laying in bed after a long day, or they just put their baby down, like whatever it is, like that's such an intimate time. So I think like that was also like, I guess a lot of, not a lot of pressure, but a lot to say, okay, I'm literally going to be in some of the most intimate moments in someone's life. Like how can I live up to what they need right now? And so that's also a big thing to walk into a, a room or a closet where I record my podcast and say, okay, this needs to be important for her. I love that no matter who you are, you have a story about recording a podcast in a closet. Yeah. True. <laughs> like the top podcasters in the world right now started recording podcasts in their closet. That makes me feel better. Did you? <laughs> have you ever recorded in your closet? Of course I've recorded in a closet. Okay, good. I feel better. <laughs> this, this whole setup that Katrina is seeing behind me right now is quite new. So do not be deceived. It has been a long road to having like color-coded books behind. I was just going to say <laughs> that is so impressive. You're like, they're all uh, color. In progress. The shelves still need some stuff on them, but it's coming along. It's coming along quite nicely. Well, podcasting, just one of the many hats that you wear. Talk to me a little bit about what the latest is with Tone It Up. And of course, after this, we'll get into a little bit of that backstory. Uh, okay. So very exciting. Uh, Tone It Up, if 
Uh, if someone's listening and isn't familiar, um, it's a fitness community for women. And we have a fitness app with so many different programs with many different talented trainers. Uh, we have nutrition products that are plant-based, non-GMO, uh, and they're perfect for everybody and they're healthy. <laughs> and you can actually pronounce the ingredients, which we're proud of. And we have protein, collagen, and bars. Uh, and then of course we have community. So a place to connect with other women and feel really good about the life you're living in your lifestyle and your healthy lifestyle and feel supported. Recently, I developed what I like to think about as my legacy program and it's called 640. During COVID, I was home and, you know, we all, we all experienced something so unique during the pandemic. And my personal story was a lot of struggle, a lot of personal things that were happening in our lives. And I'm sure maybe we can get into that, but the only time that I could actually do anything for myself because between business and being a mom and everything that we were experiencing was first thing in the morning. And so I had to wake up and work out at six and then by, and it wasn't an hour. It could never be an hour. <laughs> it was always 40 minutes. And then at six forty, then I could take care of the rest of my little world, you know? And, and I think it's really important for women, you know, they say like, fill your own cup. It's, it's, we have to, we have to do that before the rest of the day, because we're so nurturing. We take care of everything else. And before the zoom call started and before I needed to um, wake up my daughter or she would wake up, I had to do something for me. And so I made this program that six weeks, but you can do it of course, forever and ever. It doesn't have to be uh, six weeks, but a six week program, 40 minutes a day. And hopefully you can do your workout at 6am and by the, the goal is by 640 then you get to take care of the rest of your world. And uh, I, I incorporated all of my favorite workouts in there, strength, strength training, um, HIT, which I know that you love, uh, yoga sculpt, cardio, and move-based workouts too. So if you're at the gym and you can't do a workout video, you can incorporate those. And I am still adding and evolving this program. So this will be something, the reason why it's my legacy program, I just feel like I'll always be adding to it and I'll always be improving it. And I already have workouts planned to add uh, for early next year. And so, so that's, that's the latest and I'm really excited. And then of course, all the other things with Tone It Up and our nutrition products, they're, um, they're at every Target and at Kroger and uh, at different, we just actually hit vitamin shops. So that's really exciting too. Is it, I mean, when you started off talking about what's going on with Tone It Up before you got into 640, you literally listed like a handful of all the unbelievable things that go hand in hand with Tone It Up from the nutrition to the program offerings, obviously the app, so many things. When you go through that listicle sometimes, do you ever have one of those moments that's like, when did we get here? <sighs> yes and no because I know how we got here and I know every moment that it took. <laughs> Some people actually ask me, did you ever expect for Tone It Up to be where it is? And, and Karina and my business partner and I are always like, yeah. And so I think that has, you have to believe that you are capable of something extraordinary to do something extraordinary. Not always, sometimes it just happens and that's amazing. But we had to literally believe every single day that we could do something that had never been done and that we could reach millions of women and make fitness positive and fun and create programs that are for every woman. And we wanted to make sure our nutrition products were plant-based so everyone could have them. And we, as soon as we started developing our nutrition products, we wanted them in every store where she shops. So I think when, when you start something, just you are allowed to dream big and you're allowed to shine. And that's, so it's, it's been a crazy journey. It's been over 12 years. And so it's been amazing and I'm very proud. And we have incredible women that work with us. We're still a, a small team with big dreams. And I think a lot of people look at Tone It Up like it's this huge organization now and it's still very small, but we're doing big things because we're all, we're all thinking this big. And I never keep anyone's thoughts tiny too. Like, oh, we can't do that or we can't do that. I'm always like, sky's the limit. Like, where do we want to go? So it's been cool. 12 years. Talk to me about what life was like for you 12 years ago. Mm, wait, hold on. What year is it? <laughs> 
what, where are we? What's going on? Well, when I first graduated college, so I went to, I went to college for exercise science and nutrition and a total science nerd. And I love um, anatomy and just anything that has to do with the body and nutrition. And so when I got out of college, I wanted to not only personal train, but teach group fitness because I wanted to reach more women. And then I loved from group fitness, then YouTube came along and it was kind of like, well, you can not only reach 60 people, but potentially thousands. And then it just kind of, you know, the more, the more I could, I look at, I guess I look at my time and the more women that I can reach with my time. And I, of course, miss the one-on-one training so much. Um, I still meet with, of course, friends and family one-on-one and um, a lot of different things like that to fulfill that. But I think where I can make the biggest impact is through video and through programming where the, the potential is limitless. And so that discovering the internet... <laughs> www like discovering blogging discovering i bought so many domain names it was crazy knowing that i could reach the world potentially was really a cool cool thing and when that all started this was pre-instagram twitter wasn't even a thing yet uh it was just facebook myspace (laughs) and then youtube and youtube was really, really neat. It was a little crazy because if you put up a YouTube video and it landed on the homepage, you get like millions of views. So this is actually something really crazy to think about. I got more views when I first started on YouTube than I do now, but the quality is better. And so when I tell someone when they're first starting out, they're like, oh, I'm nervous. What if I only have like a hundred people that watch my videos? I'm like, imagine a hundred people in your house that you're talking to. That's amazing. And so I do miss those days where, you know, maybe it was like a hundred views and we knew that it was quality. And then all of a sudden it goes like, goes crazy on these platforms. You don't know who's watching it, but if you can do something and have an impact on even just 10, 10 people, that's, that's incredible. And so some people say it's too saturated now. And I think back 12 years ago and I, and I feel like it's, it's better than ever. And the algorithms help you. They only show your video to people who will probably want to see it. So it's funny too, because I know that you uh, kept putting off starting the podcast and you were like, I want it to be perfect. I want it to be perfect. It doesn't sound like you had that same worry when you started with the videos. Did you? No, for some reason, the podcast intimidated me so much because it was so different. And so I completely empathize with someone who's not used to being on camera. When I first started being on camera, though, I was pretty nervous and shy. But it just takes time to go through the motions and figure yourself out. And kind of like what you're saying, you know, it, it just takes your like, who am again, who am I? What's my identity <laughs> as this podcast or whatever? But yeah, I think I was more fearless in my 20s. I'm 37 now. And now I'm a little more careful about what I start because I know once I start, I want to make sure I stick to it and keep going. Um, I'm a little like more, I guess, scared of risk in your twenties. You're like, well, if it doesn't work out, whatever. But, um, yeah, I feel like I'm more like timid now. I don't know why, but even with like some, some of the stuff to tone it up, I'm like, you know, I, I tell the team, I'm like, we can go here. And I'm like, oh. Oh my gosh, are we really going to do that? So talking about not being timid when you first went up to Karina, that was anything but being timid. Talk to us about how that came to be. So I feel like this is going to be the case for everybody, especially coming out of 2020. How do you meet friends after we've been, you know, isolated by ourselves? And how do you talk to people? It's, it's harder to, to meet people. And so 12, I think it was 12 years ago, I was in the gym. I saw this girl walking in to the gym. She would come in on like Friday nights and I had just moved to Manhattan beach, California from Boston. And I was like, if she's here on a Friday night, she probably needs a friend too. And maybe she's new to town. And sure enough, she was, um, she moved from like literally a few miles North. She came down here, but sure enough, she didn't know anyone in the area either. And so we started talking, but 12 years ago, five years ago, tomorrow, it's going to be hard. It's, it takes bravery to literally go up to someone and introduce yourself. 
I've heard from so many women where they're like, I want to meet friends and I'm like 40 or I, I want to meet new friends. And I'm 30. And in college, it's easier because you're literally put into like a building <laughs> with people and you have to talk to each other and you go places and you eat together. Or like maybe in work, you, you meet the, you meet people because you have to, but going to like a, a workout class and meeting someone and introducing yourself, it kind of, it's uncomfortable sometimes. So that's why with Tone It Up, we wanted to create something with a community where you can meet each other. And so there's a lot of different things that we're adding to the app where you can actually, we always call it kind of like a Tinder for, for friends where you don't, of course you don't like deny, <laughs> but you can connect. <laughs> Swipe left or right. I don't know what it is. Um, but, but you don't, we can, we can kind of take some of the awkwardness out. And so that way you are linked with women that are like-minded with you and in your area and things like that. Um, that's definitely the direction that we want to go, but, but yeah, going up to Karina and introducing myself and then her saying yes, when I asked her if she wanted to hang out, like that's, that takes two people being like, Oh, okay, cool. And again, Instagram wasn't a thing when we met. I'm literally sounding like I'm 80 years old <laughs> for anyone that's listening. They're like, what? I didn't know Instagram was not even, not a thing at one point. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we weren't on our phones. We weren't just looking down. And so I think I, I want to look up more. We've been on our screens for, especially during the pandemic so much. That was the only way that we could connect with people and thank goodness we can. But now coming out of this, like, how much can we just actually like step away from our screens? I would imagine that the screens, however, probably helped you guys out and from a business POV quite a bit over the last, you know, 14, 16 months. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. You know, yeah. so when, when the pandemic first hit, I think everyone at home kind of went, if you weren't on the front lines, if you weren't fighting this thing or you weren't a scientist, you were helpless. You're at home going, what can I do? And for me, I was literally, what can I do? And I, and I knew what I could do. And that's, you know, help women at home and maybe <laughs> their husbands or whoever, their partners be healthy at home and do yoga and work out. Like that's what, that's what I could offer the world. Um, because I also felt like, wow, how can I help this situation that is so, so bad? So yeah, I'm very, very grateful for the ability to go live. I went live and that's another reason why I pushed off the podcast for so long. I had lived beautifully for like literally just sitting there, but I, that it wasn't the right time. No one really felt like they were living beautifully. Also when the pandemic hit, I was like, <laughs> this is not good timing for this. <laughs> and my first episodes were like about business and branding and people were like literally just trying to survive. So <laughs> I, I was like, okay, everything is always about timing too. So right now it's live workouts and quarantine setups and squats and wine. So. <laughs> so, I mean, you talked about going up to Karina and that you felt really lucky that she was like, yeah, I'm game to hang out with you. But when did the two of you just hanging out and discussing your mutual interest for being fit for wellness, for that kind of lifestyle turn into, Hey, like, should we do something with this? Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like, I think what, it, it wasn't like we both weren't doing anything when we met. She was blogging and uh, she was a fitness model and she was contributing to like Shape Magazine and uh, she was doing triathlons. And then I was doing YouTube videos. I was blogging as personal training, um, figuring out how to do video and audio. <laughs> and we both had so much going on that when we first started talking, we had already been working on things for over five years, maybe even 10. And that's when we were like, wow, we really, really complement each other and what we're, what we're doing. We could do some really cool things together. And the way that we met through fitness, we wanted other women to feel like they could do that too. And it just, it just worked, you know, like, I don't know. I, a lot of people are like, oh, don't work with your friends or don't work with family or whatever it is, but if you both have things that really complement each other, like Karina and I always had like very different jobs within the organization, but then when we came together to create content, it was like, we got to just be friends and that's what we do. We go live every single week on Instagram, um, whether it's like a workout or why not Wednesday chat and we just get to do whatever, <laughs> whatever. It, sometimes it's a little wild, but we just get to 
create together. But when we're running an empire together, we have different roles. And I think that that's really important when you work with family or friends or anybody that you have what you do and you do best. And then you have a lot of trust over here. And it's like, you, you got to do that over here. And it's not like we're not managing each other. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, I mean, I think it's also like communication and being upfront, right? Like it would be one thing if you guys started working together and you didn't feel like it suited you, but you stuck it out. It's the same thing with these, you know, new friendships that some of us may be trying to make after the pandemic and opening yourself to that vulnerability, opening up yourself to a new friendship is like, that's a hurdle. And then there's also like a level of honesty that you owe yourself because it's like, well, if this isn't the thing for me, if this isn't the relationship for me, then you have to be honest, right? Because there are going to be ill-fitting scenarios. And whether it is in friendships or within business, it's like, if you're not honest with yourself, then that's only going to come bite you in the long haul. Yeah. The cool thing is, is that Karina and I evolved so much as individuals too. Speaking of identity, it always comes back to that. And the way that we're evolving, we're, we're bringing that into tone and up still, you know, we're not the two girls that live together and had a Bravo show when we first started, which we also did that, which is wild. Like we are those, those girls, but we've both grown so much as women and we have so many things and so many stories to tell to help women that are going through different you know situations in their life like Karina's a big advocate for mental health and um, for me I'm talking with a lot of women about also their mental health going through uh, fertility issues and things like that so that's been the coolest part is having not only the community embrace us as individuals and also all the other trainers that are coming into the platform, but also um, that gives that, that for us to be able to be ourselves and grow with Tone and Up, it's almost like giving permission to anyone to be part of Tone and Up to also be able to change and evolve and honor each other for that too. And we all go through so many things and say, hey, this is this is where I'm at right now in my life and this, these are things that I want to do and that's really, really cool. And so... I think that's been the the funnest part over the last few years with Tone It Up to see how much we can evolve as a community and a and a, I, it's a company, but I like to think about it's just a just a community together, and then we make cool shit together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you being open about what's going on in your life and you getting vulnerable is what encourages that same behavior amongst your community. Which modeling that behavior is just so important because it's bigger than just telling someone that they're not alone. But by opening up about what's going on in your life and modeling this, showing them that they're really not alone, you can't put a price tag on that. So true. So you mentioned before that you guys had a tough year and a half, two years now, and uh, you just mentioned recently talking more about mental health, especially relevant to your fertility struggles. So talk to me a little bit about, first of all, what it was like for you to become a mom. Oh my gosh. Well, becoming a mom is the most beautiful experience that I've ever had in my life. It's humbling. It's scary. It's exciting. It's incredible. And then you feel like I like a total mama bear, you know, like you would do anything to make sure that your child is safe and feels loved and all those things. So that's been really, really cool. And then realizing not that you like, I, I, I say this and I'm, I, sometimes I'm really careful about saying this because I totally respect all the women out there that um, do not want to be moms or that cannot be a mom and maybe, or they don't want to be or something like that. Just because I'm a mom doesn't mean that I know a love deeper. Like I, I feel, I hear that a lot. Like, you know, you don't know a deep love until you become a mom. I don't think that that's the case. Um, I think I've seen deep love of amazing aunties and just so many different things. So I think for me personally, and this is my own experience, but it doesn't take away from anyone that is not a mom. I didn't really realize nothing really matters <laughs> except for what I have downstairs right now with she's down there. But, um, you know, everything else in my life was 
a little more, not serious, but you know, everything was so heightened in it, like high stress situations. And then as soon as I had her, I was like, Ooh, wow. And everything else, I, I let things go so much easier because I have to, at the end of the day, we sit down and we have dinner as a family and stuff. And you just got to let that shit go. And I look and I look at what I used to be stressed about before I became a mom. And I'm like, wow, like this, it just put everything in perspective. And again, you don't have to become a mom to have that realization. I think it just takes wisdom. But for me, it it became becoming a mom to realize that like, like the minutiae or any, any of that stuff, like it's gone tomorrow, but what I still have tomorrow is my family. And so it's, it's given me a sense of peace that is, that is amazing. And then you could be like literally covered in poop (laughs) and up all night with a toddler and everything. And like, that's why it's like humbling and you're doing this stuff that you're just like, you're in survival mode and being a mom is really hard. And that's what also like the other stuff, it's just, you know, it puts everything in perspective. Taking a break from today's episode to bring you a word from my sponsors. First up, Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company with meal plans that include paleo, plant-powered, keto, and balanced living. I am excitedly starting to travel more now. So when I'm in town, I'm really relying on Green Chef's expert chefs to design flavorful recipes that make staying healthy and eating well uncomplicated and fun. I am dabbling in going plant-based for the next 30 days, and I love how easy they make that with their plant-powered options. Just last week, I made the linguine with basil pesto, and tomorrow night, I'm amped for this, I have their smoky plant-based protein tacos on deck. Seasoned with a paprika blend, a creamy tomato studded chimichurri sauce, crunchy cabbage slaw, and salty cotija cheese. Yes, please. Of course, they are offering hurdlers an excellent deal. Head on over to greenchef.com slash 90 hurdle and use code 90 hurdle to get $90 off, including free shipping. Again, that is greenchef.com slash 90 hurdle and use code 90 hurdle to get $90 off and free shipping on your order today. I also want to give it up to my sponsor at Athletic Greens. If you haven't heard about Athletic Greens before, you are seriously missing out. It is a greens powder. It's got the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables. It's also got prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, superfoods. It's got it all. And for me, I'm not even exaggerating. Adding Athletic Greens into my routine is probably one of the most responsible, smart things that I have done as an adult because it is me finally investing in my body. Like I said, it's jam-packed with a ton of necessary goodness, all of which I was seriously missing out on before. Like. I had no dedicated multivitamin routine. I was literally buying whatever gummy vitamins were on sale at my local CVS. And now I just feel so good starting my days with Athletic Greens, prioritizing my health and my well being. Of course, they have an awesome deal for the Hurdle audience. Get a year's supply of vitamin D as well as five free travel packs with your purchase. Head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get yours today. No code necessary. After you had your daughter, did you know that you wanted to have another child? Yeah. So Brian and I, my husband, um, I've known him since I was 19, 19 and 20. And we always wanted a big family. We both have one sibling and both of our moms always said like, oh, I wish I had more. Like, you know, it would have been fun to have a bigger family. And so we were like, oh, it'd be great to have a bigger family. And then Brian works with us at Tone It Up. He's a co-founder of a lot of our stuff. I say that because he <laughs> encourages us to found, like start things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's just like, he's incredible. He's, he's our product innovation. If we say that we want to make booty hip bands, he literally is like, okay, boom, let's do it. And so um, we started building our Tone It Up family. I like to think back at what we did grow together and we grew amazing 
amazing thing. We grew teams, we grew companies, we grew products, and uh, we always were just like, okay, we'll start a family later, we'll start a family later. And I don't regret it because then we wouldn't have Isabel, our daughter. But thinking back, I definitely thought I had a lot more time than I did. And so uh, in hindsight, maybe it would have been great to like freeze my eggs early. <laughs> so if you, I know a lot of companies are offering that as uh, benefits and insurance. If you have that opportunity, totally do it. I've had girlfriends do it. And I'm like, thank goodness. Like, that's amazing. We just waited. And, and then when we wanted to try for a baby, we didn't have any issues. Thank goodness. And I was like, wow, we're so blessed. And then, um, we have a uh, secondary infertility, which is accounts for over 50% of fertility issues. So anyone that struggles with fertility is 50% is secondary. And, um, and yeah, we've lost uh, three pregnancies. Uh, one of those pregnancies was a chemical pregnancy. So it's only um, like four weeks, um, but the first two were a few months. And so it's been really, uh, really crazy. It's been just been something I just never thought that I would experience. And when you're going through it, you're like, oh, wow. And then you start talking to people and you start researching. You're like, oh, this is really common. And then you realize that a lot of women go through this. And I'm like, how do, how are women just walking down the street? And now I look like you'd be standing in line at Starbucks and someone could have just like literally experienced it last week. And I'm just, and it opened my eyes to what women experience. One in four pregnancies are lost. And so, um, it's been wild. You never know what, what somebody else is going through, uh, for you. I mean, there's so much to unpack here, but the first time around, and thank you for sharing that. Do you remember where you were when you found out? So when I was 11 weeks pregnant with my second pregnancy, uh, I felt like everything was normal, like still had morning sickness and everything, um, went to our doctor's appointment and they were just looking for the heartbeat and they couldn't find it. And I, I think I just went numb. I just, you know, you just kind of don't even realize what they're saying is real. And, uh, this was pre COVID. So, um, this was right before lockdown. So Brian was with me and we were both just in disbelief. I didn't even cry at first. I was just like, are you sure for anyone that's experienced this? Like, this is like super weird. But when I came home, I was still like not drinking coffee, not drinking wine and knowing that I would miscarry, but I was still thinking that I had to be careful and like, I could bring it back or something. It was like the strangest thing I've ever done. It's like just weird. <laughs> and so I walked around for a week, just waiting to miscarry at home and just thought that I could bring this baby back. And it was crazy. And so I went to the doctor and wanted to confirm that the heartbeat wasn't there and it still wasn't there. And then of course got another opinion. I mean, I just was like in such denial. And then we went to the hospital for a DNC. And so I had surgery because it was just, I was just waiting. It was the hardest time ever. And then, um, same thing happened. Second pregnancy or a third pregnancy. We did have a heartbeat and it was a boy and he wasn't growing. And then he lost his heartbeat by the time that we had our third appointment. Um, and so instead of waiting, I scheduled a surgery again. I can't believe even like speaking the speak, talking about it. I could really like have a glass of wine and cry and sob about it. Or I can talk about it. Like it was someone else. Like I'm the way that I'm talking about it right now. I almost feel like an outer body experience. I'm just like, oh, that happened to someone over here. When this happens, your just like faith in life has to be shook. How do you find your foundation again in this? Whatever it is that you believe in, you definitely reach for something. And for me, I looked to faith and I was, I just held on to hope and I looked for signs and my sister-in-law actually saw a, like a baby in the clouds. It was like this beautiful picture. I'll send it to you. And she was like, oh my God, like I, there's like a baby in the sky and like literally anything. And you're just like, oh, like just any, anything and everything that gives you hope, um, is there. And so that's the only thing 
that I can really say about getting through something really difficult is just, you know, connecting with friends, family, God, whatever it is that you need to look to and just know that everything's going to be okay. I'm still in it. I don't have answers. I still am not pregnant. And so, um, you know, we went through our IVF journey and we're still in it actually. <laughs> so just, I'm still there. I'm still holding on to faith. And so this is something that I haven't shared yet. I'm going to be sharing. Um, but when you go in for your egg retrieval, which is also like so bizarre, they go on all like for anyone that doesn't know what IVF is, <laughs> which I didn't know what it was. I made sure I didn't Google anything. I was just like, just going in, <laughs> whatever happens. You get pumped up on all these hormones for a while with all the shots, and then it makes you release a lot of eggs, and then you go in for surgery, and they take the eggs out. So wild. So speaking of looking to faith, looking for signs, looking for anything, something that's personal to me in my life are butterflies. I grew up with uh, this wallpaper in my nursery of these little butterflies that my mom like loved. And then butterflies are part of 640. They represent... Uh, spiritual rebirth, transformation, change, embracing change. Um, and so when I went in for my egg retrieval, um, you know, you're so nervous, you're shaking. I was in the, in the bed and they went to wheel me into the surgery center and the nurse that came in that was like taking care of me and everything, I look up and she's wearing like this butterfly clip that's holding her name. And again, like you'll, look to anything to hold on to faith and hope. And I would just start crying. And it turns out that she like has like a butterfly farm. I'm like, what? <laughs> so that was really, I just felt like I was in good hands for some reason. And that's again, like when you're going through something, you just, you, you, you see a rainbow in the sky and you're like, I'm going to be okay. It's just, that's why holding on to hope and looking for signs that everything's going to be okay is so important. But yeah, and then now we're just, we're still on our journey. And so um, hopeful, staying hopeful and staying positive. What a like beautiful symbol though. Did you get emotional right when you saw that? Yeah, I started crying. She's like, oh, are you okay, honey? And I was like, you have a butterfly. She's like, yeah, they mean something really, you know, and they, I, she's like, I have a butterfly farm or whatever. Like she has like these milkweed plants, but I don't know if you know this, but if you put milkweed outside your house, like all these butterflies come and they start growing. And then I like researched it and Michelle Obama put them all around uh, the White House. And so that way there would be like butterflies. I'm like, wow. For you now uh, in your journey, I mean, not only is processing this difficult enough, but I would imagine that it's also difficult to open up about this process to other people. So talk to me about what that experience was like for you. I think whatever trauma you go through in your life, you're never really like ready to talk about it. I know like going to therapy can be really healing and therapeutic to talk about something, but it's really scary to actually take that step to start opening up and talking about it. And so for me, I wasn't ready to really talk about our loss or our struggles, but um, it was right before Mother's Day and I still hadn't talked about it. And I was thinking, okay, I think that if I open up about this, it could probably help someone out there not feel so alone. And I was thinking about a lot of women that may be in the same position as me. And so I was able to open up. And I think that I look, I, I find my strength in knowing that if I open up about my story, it will help someone else. I totally respect anyone that keeps more of this stuff private too. I don't think that you have to talk about things, but I do think it is amazing to open up and share. So that way, you know, women know that it's more, you know, it's, it's more common than we think it's normal. It's just something that we can all support each other in it. And so I found strength in opening up by knowing that I was hopefully helping at least one person out there. Yeah, well, I think it's safe to say that you're doing much more than helping just one person. And whether it's this journey or, you know, other things that you've shared in the past, just that vulnerability uh, is really special. I remember I sat down with another woman a couple of years ago. Her name's Ash Wilking, and she's a trainer as well. And she said something that has always stuck with me that was, make sure that the sword you use to help others isn't the one that you fall on. And I always go back to that when I'm doing kind of a gut check on my vulnerability is 
agreed to what you said is that you might not always be totally ready, but there's a difference between sharing and you're not a hundred percent ready and sharing and just like not being prepared for what could happen after that, you know? Yeah, totally. For you now these days with everything that toned it up is building and what you are building outside of the brand, what would you say is the thing that excites you the most? Hmm. Everything's starting to open up again. <laughs> Amen. Um, uh, hugging, <laughs> seeing my family, my mom, living life with a fresh perspective after the the experience that the entire world has gone through, right? So I, I'm actually really excited to live with a little more love, purpose, more present. Not that I wasn't present before, but, you know, a lot of us were on autopilot. And when the world shut down, we didn't realize, one, how much we were carrying until we put it down. Um, and then, two, how important the little things are, like going to your favorite coffee shop and saying hello to people who live in your neighborhood. Like, like wow, I, I'm, I'm just excited for, for life. And through that is working with the team at Tone It Up and with the community and um, doing more, more things on livebeautifully.com and having the podcast, like whatever it is um, with family and work and career, I think that we all have such a good perspective on life and what matters now. So kind of going back to, you know, becoming a mom and realizing what matters, I think also there's, there's not one person in the world right now that isn't sitting here going like, wow, like this is what walking around in a, in a, in a healthy world feels like now. And hopefully, and hopefully we're, we're going to stay healthy. And it's, and now, and now we just never know life is so fragile that I really just look forward to, to life. That's it. (laughs) Amen. Amen. When someone comes to your Instagram page, they see a woman that is leading the charge on this international community, a founder, uh, an author, a podcaster, so many things. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? Happiness, a woman who has seen a lot of struggle, but is stronger than she could have ever imagined. I still see the little girl that I was too. I, I think it's really important for us to reflect on who we were when we were little and, you know, and always tap into that curiosity. That that's what keeps us creative and open to change and growth is, um, looking at how much we have grown. And I also see someone who of course is going to experience a lot more things in her life. And so I'm open and I hope that I can be as strong as I have been. And, and yeah, and then some, and I see some gray hairs too coming. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you just, you just, again, mentioned the hard times that you have made it through the hurdles that you have conquered. How do you come back to gratitude in some of these seriously difficult moments? Hmm. Well, I definitely, I do write down what I'm grateful for every day on my calendar. I use um, the, the boss babe calendar. The Love girls. that. Yeah. They're so good. They have like, you write three things that you're grateful for in your to-do list and you have everything. And it's like, before you even tackle work and everything, you, you, you tap into life and what you're grateful for. So <laughs> I think that that's something that we're all working on always. So, um, just remembering, you know, what, what, what is amazing in our life right now. And, um, and there's a lot to be thankful for. And so I always do that every morning. Right now, you have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice going through the hurdle moments back at the beginning of 2019. You can offer her some advice. What would you tell her? Mm, without crying. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I, if I could go back and tell myself anything, it's probably what I tell myself every day is everything is going to be okay. (laughs) No matter what, everything is going to be okay. And if I could forewarn myself (laughs) and go back, I would say, you you know, 
you may see the darkest days ahead, but just, you know, keep your heart open and pure. The good thing is, is I, I don't have any regrets. I know going into 2020, I had, I was always seeing family, always, you know, the last to leave an outing and spending so much time with um, everybody. And I felt really lucky going into even like lockdown and going through the experiences that I did, even with Brian, knowing that we had done everything. Like a lot of people, you know, went into 2020 with so much regret, like, oh, wow, now that I'm home and at stay at home and I can't travel, I, I, I wish that I had done that, or I wish I had spent more time, or I wish I had gone back and seen my parents or this or that. But like, we were like, wow, we've done it all. Um, and we're going to sit here. And then we started going through our own issues at home. And again, just going back to gratitude and then just telling myself that everything was going to be okay. So grateful for your time today. So grateful for your vulnerability. I know, again, and I said it before, but what you're doing really matters beyond obviously helping people to to find what you know their own version of personal wellness means to them. Uh, it's it's sharing your story and evolving uh, as an individual and sharing that with your community. That's really, really special. So thanks so much. How do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with Tone It Up? Give me all the details. Yay, thanks. Okay, so I am I feel like I live on Instagram at least half the day. <laughs> and, I, and I love Instagram. I just, I feel like it's a great place to connect with other women. So I'm at Katrina Scott. And my fitness account is Tone It Up Katrina. And on there, I kind of, I share more about my program, 640. And then our Tone It Up is, of course, Tone It Up. And then my podcast is Live Beautifully. So again, that's all Instagram. (laughs) Um, And my website is livebeautifully.com. And I also send out a newsletter, which I think that you would love. Plenty of places to connect. I am over at Hurdle Podcast at Emily Body. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.